Hi, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I am your host, Emmy Cardinale. Um, This is my podcast where I talk about whatever I want once a week. Um, I tend to feel like my structured episodes are better, like the ones when I have like a theme or a topic or whatever. Um, And I, this is just not going to be one of those. I'm so sorry. Um, So if it sucks, I get it. Like, if you don't want to keep watching. Um, I feel like I said this a few episodes ago, but like, I have ones that I care about and I want to put more effort into, like ideas. And then like every once in a while, I'll be like not having a great week. And I'm like, I don't have the energy to dedicate to like thinking the one out. Um, I'm also doing something new, like outfit wise. I've never like done this. So if I look ugly, tell me in the comments or don't, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I had a few ideas, but all of them like suck. So I'm just going to talk about what's been on, like what's on my mind, things that are bothering me. I don't know. I'll leave timestamps in the description for this one. Um, since it'll be probably sectioned off into different mini topics. Um, for the ones about like mental, like the mental health one I just did, it was chronological. So it didn't really feel like it made sense for me to like, be like high because it was all linear um and all important but this one like I, I will section it off in the co- in the description um so if there's a topic you're not interested in you want to skip to another one totally totally get it and you can do that if I knew how to do the chapters thing on YouTube I would but I don't I don't think I have the ability because I only have like 45 subscribers so um yeah what was I, I, I don't even remember what I was going to talk about first. Okay, okay. Let me see what's been on my mind. So I'm like, I'm very stressed out right now because I like had a job interview two weeks ago and I'm waiting to hear back and it's like driving me crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know if I should say that on the internet, but like, whatever. It's just like a passing comment, you know. Um, it's not like what this whole episodes about although I do have to say being unemployed right now and like recently graduated college like I'm getting to the point where it doesn't feel recent like if I don't have a job by June that's like six months that's half a year that I've just I've been living in my parents doing in my parents house doing nothing I mean I have like this podcast And I did, like, finish designing a magazine in March. So, like, I had things that I was doing, but it still just feels kind of lame. And I feel kind of bad about myself. I'm also really stressed out, not just because of the job thing, um, but also because I am trying to go back to Kenyan for senior week. And I don't know if that's going to work out. And... I was deciding between going to send off for senior week and I decided that I'd rather do senior week. Um, and I, I, I didn't really think I could do both. Um, just mentally, I feel like it would have been too much. Plus, if I went for send off, the reason I decided not to go to send off and instead was like I'd rather do senior week was because um, for send off, I like... I don't know, I'd have to stay with somebody for the weekend and then I couldn't bring my cat and it feels a lot less like official where like the um, 
Office of Student Engagement or something um, sent me an email about whether I was going to walk at graduation. And I was like, I don't want to walk again because I don't want my family to come, but I do want to go to senior week. And they were like, that's fine. Just like get in contact with somebody about housing. So like that feels more like easy because hopefully I can get housing through the college but that's what I'm trying to work out right now so hopefully that happens I'm kind of like just stressed because I feel like I don't know what my life's gonna look like a month from now and I hate feeling that way because I get very overwhelmed and um yeah I also like living at home with my parents it's been a weird month because my father's been out of the country so I just like I've gotten into this routine of just me and my mom and everything's like gonna change now. <laughs> like it feels like everything is gonna change. I don't know why. Well, cause my dad's coming back and then I'm going to New York and then, well, I'm going to New York and then eventually my dad's coming back and then I might go to Kenyan and then who knows if at some point in that time I'll get a job and have to move. Like I just feel like I felt stuck for so long and now I feel like things are gonna happen really quickly. Like nothing's happened yet, but I just feel like besides like plans to go to New York and hopefully senior week, but I just, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm on the precipice and a bunch of stuff is going to happen. And like my life is about to start and, um, I'm stressed. Like I'm excited. It's like a positive anxiety, but it is very stressful and very overwhelming. But I feel like for the first time in a while, I feel like the next phase of my life is going to start. I feel like even if I don't get this job, um, I like I told myself if I don't get this job, like I'm going to try to find a temporary job in Maryland. I was trying not to do that because I didn't want to like get settled here. But I feel like one way or the, or the other, I am going to, and maybe it's because senior week is happening and I feel like hopefully there'll be like a very neat end to my like college experience even though I haven't been there this semester like you know I graduated already but like going back for senior week feels like a very like like a complete like an ending like a true ending um and I don't know I, I just I feel like I'm on the precipice of like something yeah I feel like something's about to happen in my life <laughs> Um, and not in a bad way. I'm just very overwhelmed and very stressed out because as much as I like a change of pace and I like, you know, new things, I get very like used to my routine because I really need stability in my life. Um, because I, like when I was growing up, I've touched on this, but I moved around a lot. And it was fun, but it also just, like, doesn't provide, it didn't provide that much of stability. So I was just, like, I don't know what my life's going to look like next year. Um, at most times is how it felt. And so I, I just get very overwhelmed thinking about, like, and the weird thing is I'm not even super happy with the way my life is right now. So, but I am comfortable, like, it's weird because I'm not happy where I am right now and I don't want to be living with my parents but I've also gotten really comfortable living with my parents and comfortable in the parts of it that I don't like. Like even though it's not the happiest I am, um, 
90% of the time, like, I manage and I'm fine. And then, like, 10% of the time, I'll just have a crisis because I'll be like, I just don't feel like myself here. And I don't feel like I'm doing anything. And I don't feel like my life is moving forward. And I get into a funk every once in a while where I'm like, I am just so sick of this. And I'm so sick of just getting rejected from jobs and feeling like it. my life is never going to change. Um, but like the other, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just, it's been really hard. I don't even <laughs> remember what the point of what I started saying was, but it's just, yeah, I'm overwhelmed and I'm really stressed out and I want things to work out. And I, part of me feels like they will. And part of me doesn't want to get my hopes up and attach to like the possibility of like the next step beginning. Um, yeah, but I also like, even if I don't get this job and that's not like a clear new beginning. I don't want to after like senior week and after like the end of May when I like if I come back here, I don't want things to be the exact same. I want the summer to bring new energy and momentum and I and I need I need something different. Like I I don't know. I think it really hit me in March maybe end of March maybe but I got to a point where I was like okay I took my like little break um where like I, I gave myself some time and now I'm just kind of tired of like living like of not having a structured routine and not having things to do and I'm just tired of it um which I feel like I've been saying for like 15 episodes this is only episode 12 okay not really good hyperbole you know but anyways um yeah, I don't know. It really, it, like, it oscillates. Like, half the time, I'm, like, not even half, but, like, sometimes I'm, like, oh, I'm so tired of this, and other times I'm, like, well, this has been very comfortable and safe. And I don't know, maybe both of those things can exist at once. Like, I don't want to be here, but I'm comfortable here. Maybe that's part of the reason I don't want to be here. I just, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I'm progressing I don't feel like I'm moving forward in my life and I really value growth and and even though I'm scared of change I do really value growth and I feel like I'm stagnant in my life right now um but yeah I don't I don't know why I started saying this I guess I'm hoping Taurus season and Gemini season and everything will I mean, Gemini season is going to, like, obviously bring a new phase of my life because I am a Gemini and I'll be turning 23, but, um, which is crazy. I almost said 21. Like, I was about to say 21. It, I don't feel like I'm turning 23, but, um, it, it's, I just, I need, <laughs> I need things to change and I'm determined to make them change and they will change. I'm manifesting that for myself. But anyways, I guess that's the first thing I wanted to say. I don't even know I'm going to timestamp that introduction slash life update. I don't know. Something I wrote on this, like, <laughs> thing, my, like, notes for this episode of ideas, one of them was why I hate men. And I don't think I want to do that today. But I do want to tell a funny little story that I didn't touch on 
in my last episode. Um, so trigger warning, it is, it doesn't touch, like, it was right after I was in a psychiatric hospital, but like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's not going to be triggering, but um, just in case, if you want to skip that, I'll like, obviously timestamp this. So I was in a group therapy. It was an intensive, I forgot to talk about <laughs> like um, post psych ward in my last episode, I guess, because I was just so like, I don't know. It was very emotional and I just started talking about like my general feelings on mandated leave and stuff like that. But um, I didn't talk about, after I was in the psych ward, I when I came back to Kenyan, I, I might have said that I was in therapy nine hours a week, but those nine hours were this group therapy. Um, and it was in Columbus, Ohio. So it was an hour from campus. And I would go once a week, three times a week for three hours. Um, and it was pretty like helpful at first. I learned some skills like yada, yada, yada. Um, but I was like the youngest person in the group. It was mostly like middle-aged, like, Men and women, it was it was equal, um, but it was it was like there was this one girl who was around my age, and she said stuff that like still resonates with me today. And I think about her. She gave me her phone number because my second session was her last one, and she was like, "If you ever want to like get in," and I lost it, and I don't remember her name, so I'm never gonna see her again. But. Um, she said some stuff that really like meant a lot to me. And I was finally like, so finally somebody in this group I relate to because we would do check-in and I'd be like, I don't, I don't like understand any of you, which it, it's like weird now because the group therapy I'm in, there are people who have lived completely different lives. But even then when they say things like it does resonate with me, I think because the program I was in, it was an intensive outpatient program and a lot of the members like were coming from like some sort of rehab or drug treatment so um a lot of the people in my group struggled with addiction I think most of them did and um and so I think it was just like a different kind of group because the group I'm in now like it, most of us are just like dealing with interpersonal relationships or like high intensity emotions like stuff like that um but, and I, and I haven't struggled with addiction, so I didn't totally understand it. One time this, this guy came in, he was new. I'd been there for a few months and he was like, literally the group leader was like talking and he was like, isn't this for drug addicts? She doesn't look like she's done drugs. And he pointed at me and I was like, but that's not the story I wanted to tell. I just thought of that because I, I did learn a lot about addiction and it was a very like, interesting experience for a lot of it it's just after what I'm about to tell you happened I was very uncomfortable so I every Friday at this group therapy we had like positive affirmation day where you had to like write yourself positive messages and then you have to write other people messages and a lot of the times like it was just very much like you can do it or you'll get through it and I like didn't want to just write the same thing for everybody so I tried to like make them personalized and for this old guy like and by old I mean like he had grandchildren and like you know so I'm pretty sure he was a widow or 
I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's the other guy. Anyways, so this guy, <laughs> this guy, um, like I wrote that he had a nice smile, right? Because I wasn't thinking like, that wasn't me hitting on him. Maybe in retrospect, like I shouldn't say things like that about people, but I, like I genuinely, I was 18. Like I didn't mean anything like weird by it. And after class, not class, after the group, he came up to me and like handed me his phone number and he was like, don't be fooled by my beard. Like I'm not as old as I look. And I just handed it back to him and ran. And, um, and then I told the group leader and he was like, just ignore him. And I was like, can't you say something? I mean, he's like, just ignore him. And I honestly, I think after that is what, like, I got, I was so uncomfortable in that group. Plus I just like, I, I don't know. It's part of the reason I don't love male therapists. I'm not, I'm sure that not every male therapist is like that, but I just feel like, and I've had shitty like female therapists too, but like, I don't know. I, I just felt like, and even I told a friend of mine who's a guy and he was like, well, you should be flattered. I'm like, what do you mean I should be flattered? That's creepy. And we're in group. Like the only thing these people knew about me was that I was like fresh out of a psych ward. And he wasn't the only one. I, I think it was, bef I don't know if it was before or after. I don't know. But, um, this one to me was like less creepy. I mean, okay, it was still creepy, but there was this other guy and he made a joke once that I would make a great second wife. <laughs> and obviously it was still creepy because he was also like old. Um, by old, I mean like the age of my parents are older. And to me, that is just like too old to be hitting on me at 18. Like I even think like 30 year olds, like if they were hitting on me, if I was 18, I still think it would be weird. But like the fact that these people have had children and their children have had children, it's just kind of like, like bizarre. Plus we're in group therapy. Like that's just unbelievably. Um, although that guy saying I would be a good second wife is just still like hilarious to me. Um, but yeah, I was just like, th that grip was weird. Although it did make me realize that if I ever wanted to be a sugar baby. <laughs> um, anyways, crazy stories from, from group therapy. I literally, by the time I was ready to leave, I was so excited because I was just like, I am overwhelmed here. There was a, a um, therapy dog that they brought in every other Wednesday, and that was really nice. Uh, plus, we got snacks, but because um, it was three hours, but we'd have like a lunch break and they'd give us snacks. Or it wasn't a lunch break because it was from nine to noon. So I don't think it was a lunch break, but they gave us snacks. I remember the snacks being really good. Um, yeah. So I don't. Like, yeah, I, I wrote down why I hate men as a podcast idea episode, and maybe I will eventually, but I just think about that story. I also had to say, like, in context, I had never been, well, I still haven't ever been in, like, a relationship, and I've had very little, like, positive male attention. Grow like, I had very little positive male attention growing up, um, and I still haven't had that much. <laughs> And it's okay, I don't really care. But, like, it was very jarring for, like, the first time that somebody, like... And even, like, the positive male attention I had had, it was, like, I was, like, always the one to initiate it. I'd be, like, I like you, and then... 
it was like there was this one guy and I I was like I told him I liked him first and then it was like weird and like wishy-washy and I've touched on that before and I don't want to talk about him anymore but anyways like even then it was very like wishy-washy and I was the one who was more in it it was just very weird that the first like person to like hit on me and give me their phone number was like an old guy in my group therapy it was very jarring like I I don't know um but yeah anyways um old men love me apparently but why wouldn't you I'm beautiful I'm smart I'm funny like yeah, I just, I've, I've come to realize I don't really care if men like me. Like, I really don't. Like, if you don't like me, peace and love. I'm probably too good for you. I'm just kidding. I'm really just kidding. Uh, like, I say those things, like, truly out of jest because every man I've ever liked has rejected me. So, like, live, laugh, love, you know? And it is what it is. Who cares? Like, who cares? Because I, like, I genuinely don't, I, I don't care. Um... I know I'm wonderful and I know someday somebody will like me and they'll initiate it first and they'll give me their phone number and be like without them being old <laughs> anyways okay that that's the end of this story <laughs> time stamping that moving on um yeah anyways um another thing I have here listed is my identity as a Venezuelan so, um, and just generally how I, feel, how I feel about being an immigrant and stuff like that. I might make a whole podcast about this because I feel like it's important to talk about and I like care about it a lot, being Venezuelan and being an immigrant and all of that, but I, I am just going to talk about it a little bit. Um, I moved to the United States when I was like three um, and... So I, I don't know. I've always like really struggled because I never felt American. Like I'm not American. I'm still not a U.S. citizen. I can uh, apply as of this year and I should actually get to get to that. Um, but like I'm not American and I didn't grow up in an American household. And then but then I'd go back to Venezuela and um, and like I like. I feel weird because I want to say Venezuela, but then I don't want to, like, weird, like, when I say Venezuela, it's not because I can't say Venezuela and I can't speak Spanish, like, that's not why, it's just because I don't, I don't know, I, like, half the time will, like, switch into Spanish and then the other times I just say it, like, with an American, like, it's just hard for me because I'm, like, I don't know what would be less weird, (laughs) Like, you know, I feel like if I said Venezuela, like, there would be some people who would think, oh, she's trying to be Latina. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just, whatever. I'm overthinking this. Like, 10 people watch these, and they're all people I know in my real life. But, um, yeah, I always struggled a lot with, like, my identity because I was, like, I, I'm not one or the other. And it felt like neither group wanted me. I had a therapist once describe it as sitting between two chairs. And it really resonated with me. Um, And I think about that all the time. (sighs) Because it's just, and it's really frustrating too. Because like, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to be one or the other. I like that I have the ability. And this has like come with years of like grappling with like, you know, but I've gotten to a point where I, I view things mostly gray. Like, I don't think things are black and white. 
Um, and I think it's really nice that I have all these different kind of identities that shape me into Emmy. And I think that I don't have to be one or the other. Like I'm both and, and, and I like that. I like that I am just who I am and my life experiences like wrap it all up and have created the beautiful creature you see in front of you. But it was definitely hard. It was definitely hard not feeling one, like one or the other. And I think honestly, like my struggle with identity, like, like spilled over to other things because I struggled so long with like my sexuality, like picking a label because no label ever felt right. And like, and I don't know, I've come to like, I, I say I'm bi, but honestly, like, I don't know. Um, I more, I just say that because I know that I like women and I think I like men. Like, I don't really know. Um, it's hard for me because like what I wrote of, I hate men. It's hard to know how much of my like disdain towards men is just the way they've treated me for most of my life or like how much of it is genuinely like me not being attracted to them and interested in being in relationships with them. Like it's really hard. It's really hard for me to like I've I've just I've I've been like I don't know, maybe I don't like men. But then I'll have a crush on a guy and then I'm like, do I have a crush on him? Like I don't know. Maybe this that doesn't make sense to like straight people. Um but like comp het is real and you're like which is compulsory I think heterosexuality it it, it's just so hard for me to like actually pick a label and like feel good about it so I just I I for the most part like trying I for me I don't want to pick a label um I'll date who I am interested in and like that'll be it live laugh love um yeah, for a while I was, like, leaning towards queer, but then, like, I don't know. Some people don't like that term, and, like, I think it's all great to reclaim it if you feel comfortable doing so. But, I like, I, I don't know. I've had mixed feelings about reclaiming that or whatever. So, I like, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Um, and I'm okay not knowing. I feel like I mostly just, like, gravitate towards people and, like, most of the time it's like a personality thing or how I feel around them or how they make me feel. And obviously, like, if I think they're physically attractive, obviously that's important. Um, like, obviously that plays a factor, a role, I mean. But, like, I, I don't know. I have just struggled with my identity for so long. So long. In, in so many different aspects. And I think being an immigrant shaped a lot of that because from a young age, like you were an other in some capacity. And I remember, and I know I've said this on a, in another podcast episode, but I remember like when I was young, like seven or something, maybe younger than that, somebody asked me where I was from and I said Venezuela and they literally looked at me like I was from another planet. And um, yeah, so it, it's just hard because I, I can print out some things <laughs> until I was older. But then, you know, you grow up most of your life in this country and then you go back to, to Venezuela and it's like you're not from here. And it's just hard because it's like, where am I from? And I think that's part of the reason I, which I touched on this in my 
last episode that I never felt like I fit in anywhere and part of it was that I never had the opportunity because I moved around a lot to like form a community but a big part of that was also just like from the beginning being like taken from my country (laughs) and like not that sounds very dramatic but I feel like it's something that a lot of like immigrants deal with of like you like what are you where are you from who who are you and like what which one do you claim um like I remember I'd go to concerts and people would be like where are you from and I'd be like Venezuela and they'd look at me like I was so cool because I traveled all the way from Venezuela to DC for a concert and and I'd be like, oh, no, but I, I I grew up in Maryland. That's the way I started saying it. I'm originally from Venezuela, but I grew up in Maryland right outside of D.C. Like, that's the way I, I say it now when people ask where I'm from. Because when I say Venezuela, I feel like people, when you say that, they either think that, you're, that like, they're right, racially profiling you. And, like, that question of, like, where are you from and where like people of color will be like, oh, Cincinnati. And they're like, no, but where are you from? And they're like, Cincinnati. Where are your parents from? Like, Cincinnati. Like, you know, like stuff like that. So, like, I feel like people either think that or they think like, no, you're not. What do you mean? Like your parents are? And it's like, no, I'm from there, but I also grew up here. Um, but it's like at the end of the day, whenever, if I get like U.S. citizenship or whatever, um, my passport will still say birthplace Caracas, Venezuela, and I'm not, like, ashamed of that. I love that, and I'm proud of it, and I think being from Venezuela has been really hard for a long time because it's just been so politically turbulent, and it's hard because no matter what I was going through, it's like, well, people, they're going through so much worse, and I used to go back every summer, and I have, like, some of my best memories associated like my childhood memories are like associated with Venezuela and I haven't been able to go back for like nearly six years now and it's it's just like overwhelming and it's a lot and it's unfortunate the place that the country's got into now um and I feel like I don't speak Spanish well enough to go and not stick out like a sore thumb which is unfortunate but I like I understand Spanish perfectly and I feel like when I speak it like consistently like I'm fine like I don't have like that much of an accent and like I know how to carry a sentence but I feel like when I haven't been speaking it for that long like talking in Spanish consistently again feels very very difficult and I need to just practice it um and not like lose that because I really yeah, I, I really need to. But I, I find myself when, like, my parents have friends over or whatever um, and they're talking in Spanish and I try to, I'm like, I sound like an idiot and I don't know how to form sentences. So I don't know. I, I, I need to practice it more. But it's definitely... I once again don't remember the point of what... How I start. Well, I was talking about my identity and whatever. But it's... I don't know. Yeah. Being from Venezuela has shaped my entire life, obviously, because I, I moved here when I was younger. I eventually got a green card. Like, I don't know. <sighs> Maybe I'll probably talk about this more in depth in a, another episode. My dad told me that my grandma wanted me to make a podcast in Spanish, and I'm like, I just don't think I could. I would sound so stupid. Maybe if I get my father or my mother to be there with me, although I don't think they'd agree. But, like, to do it, I mean. 
but I feel like I, I could speak Spanish better if it wasn't just me. I would literally be like, what is the word for like this? What is the word for that? Like I just panic. So anyways, yeah. I do have to say it'd be really funny when I was in college and I lived in Ohio and so like voting was a big deal right and um every time there was an election like people would be like have you voted have you voted and I was like I can't vote it was really it was really funny one time this was in 2020 fall of 2020 so you know the presidential election was in full swing and um a professor was like registering voters and they were like have you registered to vote? And I was like, I, I actually am not a U.S. citizen. And they were like, well, we're, ha- we're happy to have you here. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. Very nice. Very, very nice of you. I also like, I wasn't, something that's really interesting about having a green card is like, you're not a U.S. citizen, but also like college-wise, you're not an international student. Like I was a, I was a domestic student. That's what they call them. Even though I'm not a U.S. citizen, it's very, like, confusing immigration stuff. Um, especially because my brother didn't have his green card when he applied to colleges. He got it right after. So he was an international student, even though we got green cards at the same time because he's older. It's just, it's crazy. It's, like, bizarre. Like, genuinely so confusing. Um, like, people who, like, have grown up in the United States... Like, even if, like, depending on the visa, they're international students. It's just so confusing. College application, all of that. Very, very confusing. But anyways, yeah. Just wanted to say that. Just wanted to touch on that. In case you didn't know I'm from Venezuela. Um, I am. So, I really miss it. I miss, like, it's very nostalgic for me. Like, Yeah. And the sad thing is that a lot of the things that are, like, nostalgic probably just wouldn't be the same. So, yeah. At least I, like, as much as I say I don't remember my childhood, and, like, I mean that, like, I do feel like I remember a good amount about Venezuela, and I'm really happy about it, and I want to write about it. So, those memories can be immortalized because I don't want to forget, I don't want to forget things. But, yeah. Another thing I wrote was pop culture slash trending stuff. Okay, I don't know if I want to talk about this because I admittedly do not know enough. But the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial is like really making me uncomfortable the way some people are talking about it. Like I... I don't think, like, I don't understand why people are making, like, fan cams of, like, Johnny Depp in court. Like, it just feels like, feel like that's a very serious thing and you shouldn't be, like, being, like, he's a badass while testifying. It just, it feels icky. It feels really gross to me, the way people are, like, and I don't, I don't know. I feel like the way that and I I get like the way things happen now in in like this 
society we live in, I'm not making any sense, but the way things like happen now with social media is like everything is everybody's business. And I don't know. I, I fall like, I'm nosy and I like to know what's happening in people's lives too. And I do understand that like this whole thing was like started, I believe, by like an op-ed she wrote which that is public, um, but it like it just feels uncomfortable to me that details of like like I I don't know I don't know it feels like very private and personal and I just hate that there's like this whole frenzy on the internet of people like making like compilation videos of like somebody's best moments in like court like that just feels inappropriate and it feels kind of weird and I feel like it kind of takes away from the like severity of the accusations I don't know but I don't know it's just make it's just making me uncomfortable I don't know if that makes any sense and I don't want people to get mad at me I mean like five people listen to these. And if you feel differently, please let me know in the comments. Again, I'm following it very minimally because I feel very uncomfortable um, being privy to like somebody's private details. Um, and I don't know. I really, when things are like public, I think responding to things publicly is good and important because when something is public, it can and you like let other people into that interpersonal conflict, the words said and things that have happened, like that can cause damage to other people. Like I think about like the Jesse Smiles, Gabby Hanna stuff. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I really, I can't explain it to you. But I think, like I think that I actually don't know if I want to talk about this, but I, I feel like a lot of what Gabby Hanna said surrounding Jesse Smiles and her personal trauma, um, the way that she talked about something so serious, like that had the potential and it did, in my opinion, like impact people who read those things and heard Gabby Hanna's words around her like form, former best friends like assault. Like the stuff she said was like damaging because other people heard it and she said that publicly. And I'm not talking about like the DM she sent to a fan or whatever. I'm talking like all of those things aside, if you think that she was right, the video she made where she was talking about Jesse Smiles, like the, the most recent one that the like last one that prompted Jesse Smiles to make her like final video about it that one that Jesse Smiles breaks down like the stuff she says in my opinion is horrendous and I am 1000% confident that it hurt people who watched it because it hurt me and I haven't even experienced um the kind of trauma that Jesse Smiles experienced and that Gabby Hanna was talking about in that video and so I think when something like that happens, I think obviously Jesse Smiles has the right to like respond. And I, and I think she had the right to respond. Yeah, like that, that's my take on it, I guess, because if something's public, the words said um, or the actions that have happened, like have the potential to harm other people because the media you consume and like the stuff you hear, it can damage you. It's not necessarily like, like, I don't know. 
maybe other people don't agree, but I feel like when things happen publicly and there's an audience, like the audience can be harmed by the harmful things you say. It's not then just about the two people, if that makes sense. But anyways, yeah, that's just something that's been on my mind because I feel like people need to, um, I don't know, cut out that, like stop with the weird edits of like, it's just making me uncomfortable. I, I like, I don't know. So that's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's like one tan, one thing that then I talked about other things, but I feel like interpersonal conflict, obviously you should try to deal with it individually first, but I think once it's made public, I think it's totally fine for people to respond because it has the potential to harm other people beyond just the interpersonal conflict. I also feel like it's a case-by-case basis. I'm not talking about this generally. I just, or like, I am talking about this generally, but I'm not saying that that's like a rule for everything. Again, I don't believe that things are so black and white, like it's always like this or it's never like this. Like, I I don't know. I think it depends a lot of the time, but I just, I just think that's something that I thought about because of what I was talking about. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes when Mostly I just think YouTubers or whatever, like they do something bad and then people call them out on it. Like, especially if it's like an interpersonal feud, they're like, well, this is not anybody's business. And it's like, well, it hurt your audience. So yeah, it's all of our business. Like influencers, well, yes, they're people. Like it's also a business and they're selling stuff. And there's like a certain level of like, I don't know. It's just influencers. This is kind of like another topic, but influencers, like, I feel like you're so fascinating to me because I don't, like, it's, it's, (laughs) like, it's just so fascinating to me. And I think it's why I've, like, I started a YouTube channel and I'm so, like, invested in YouTube drama is, like, these people for the most part become famous off of just like themselves. Like it's like their personalities and then they like form relationships with people. And the like main reason you're following them is because you feel like they're your friends. And it's like the weird like parasocial relationships. And like, don't get me wrong. I feel that way about people. I'm like, these people are my best friends. And like, they're not like they're on the internet. They don't know who I am. (laughs) Um, but it's just weird. It's weird. Parasocial relationships to me, like, are mind-boggling. Because it's, like, 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 Taylor Swift, I believe wholeheartedly Taylor Swift and I would be besties if we knew each other in real life, and I do feel very close to her because she followed, follows still my sister on Tumblr, and, like, she liked pictures of my face. Like, I, I feel like, I, I like I feel like on some level Taylor Swift knows who I am or will one day and maybe that's like arrogant or whatever to say but Taylor Swift to me feels different because I've been a fan of her for so long that she feels more like a friend um or whatever um even though she's like one of the like most famous people in the world she feels more like accessible to me but beyond Taylor Swift um and I really think that's just because um that's mostly because of the way she is able to connect with fans individually. And um, 
And I also, when somebody has been like a part of your life for so long, like it's hard to not feel very close to them. I don't know. I feel very close to Taylor Swift. I feel, and again, maybe that's like crazy to some people. I don't really care. That's just how I feel. Um, Like Taylor Swift is one of my best friends. Okay. Maybe I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Okay. Like grow up. Anyways. um, Like, I don't know. I just, Taylor Swift feels very close to me. Not obviously, I don't like have a phone number like we're not you know I can't just call Taylor up like Kris Jenner said in that clip that's going viral on TikTok (laughs) but um I I do feel very close to Taylor Swift um but for the most part other celebrities it's like there's like a level and an air of like mystery and like they're out of reach you know they're untouchable and and it's like influencers just don't feel that way Because most of the time they're like people who just like talk and do a camera or like, like, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Like they, (laughs) and I know I'm not saying anything that's like revolutionary or like, you know, whatever. Other people have said this probably, but, um, I don't know. I don't remember the point of this, of, of what I was saying. I think just influencers too, it's just really interesting because I think, it's such a new role in the grand scheme of things of like the way people sell things and the way people like interact with like communities and fans or whatever that I think um, like it's so interesting to watch and be a part of in some capacity like the changing media scape or whatever and like I always just think about how like in 10 years certain things are going to be on the internet and because it, it's a new form of media and there's like the laws and society in a lot of ways hasn't fully caught up to like the ever-changing like social media sphere. But it's like children on like family channels. Like in 10 years, like there's going to be, in my opinion, like laws, lawsuits, like stuff to protect children. Like there's got to be eventually like some kind of overreach and some kind of protections for children in this new form of media because children who are actors like while it's a very like hard thing to like plenty of child actors are like it's not good but there are like protections in place particularly in terms of financial stuff that um a child actor's parents can't just spend all their money and then they turn 18 and they're broke. Like that can't, that doesn't happen anymore because of the law that I don't remember the name of, but it's based off of a child actor who had nothing when he turned 18. Um, I remember reading that, like I learned about this for the first time in Naya Rivera's book um, because she, she was like, as soon as I turned 18, I used my money um, from like child acting to get a boob job, queen. Anyways, um, Rest in peace. But, um, like, I just think so many things in, like, 10 years are going to look so different. And it's just, it's so interesting to me. I feel like I'm just witnessing (laughs) history. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I sound kind of crazy, like, 90% of the time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, It's just very interesting. It's very interesting to see how fast things change and what things are like now, what things are going to be like in the future. And I just feel like influencers to me are so fascinating because it's like, 
I don't know. I mean, it's why you see, like, one of the most popular careers that, that children or whatever want to be is, like, YouTuber, influencer. It's because it feels like the accessible way to, like, be famous. You know, the, the so many kids dream of, like, being actors or singers. And being an influencer, um, a YouTuber, whatever, it feels so much more accessible because you can just film on your phone and, like, it's, like, direct-to-consumer. There's a lot less, like, I need to find an agent. I need to, like, you know what I mean? So it's really interesting. And, like, don't get me wrong. I started a podcast. I <laughs> I post on TikTok. Like, I, I, I think it'd be fun to be an influencer. Like, live, laugh, love. You know, I think I'm funny, honestly, more than anything. I just think I'm funny. And I would like to utilize that to some capacity in some way. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's it. Um, yeah, but anyways, I just, I, I find it so fascinating (laughs) and like interesting. And I think that's part of the reason that I'm like so interested in like doing it and like seeing if that would be possible for me because it feels much more accessible and possible than like becoming an actress as much as I would genuinely love that or becoming like a photographer or like some other kind of creative form of like having a career like social media just feels a lot more accessible and possible and especially tiktok like like it just feels easier like i don't know it's crazy it's crazy not that it's like not hard because obviously it's hard um and i put a lot of effort into like these podcasts and even my tiktoks and i like Oh, sometimes I get exhausted by how long TikTok, like making a TikTok takes because I'm like, this won't be that long. And um, and then because I just, I want it to be perfect, it takes me forever. Sometimes I just, I do them and I'm like, I don't even care. I literally posted one today and like the text isn't even centered. Like it's just to one side and it's really bothering me. But I like literally, I did it on a whim. I was like, whatever. So... But, like, I'm not saying that it's not hard work. And if it's your full-time job and you're working on brand deals and, like, editing and, like, like don't get me wrong. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, and I honestly, part of the reason I, I pivoted, pivoted to doing a podcast instead of, like, trying to film more YouTube videos is that I don't love editing. Like, I do a little bit of editing for, like, this podcast, like, the audio. Um, and then, like, combining the audio and the video if I cut out certain parts or whatever but for the most part I don't edit that much stuff out and when I do edit something out it's like a big chunk of space where I'm like okay I say something and then I'm like I'll cut this out and it's very easy for me to like do that um and it's like minimal like I really editing these podcasts don't take me that long because I just listen to them through like one time and then, like, I listen to the audio through one time, and then I'll, like, export the audio, like, combine it with the video, um, make any changes to the video, like, watch that through one time, and then upload it. Like, honestly, uploading it to YouTube takes way longer than the actual editing most of the time. Um, and that's honestly because I don't love editing videos. Like, I don't love doing it. I feel like maybe I wouldn't mind if it was, like, I don't know. I I really do not like um, 
I hate just like, okay, I am like fine to do something, but I always need like background noise or music or whatever. And like, I can't listen to music while I'm editing a video because, or audio, because I need to be able, like focus on the audio um, and making sure the audio matches the video, like all of that. So it's just really like, I, I really have to focus entirely on that one thing. And my brain, I've just, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that good at it, honestly. Um, which is why, like, I don't mind editing, like, photos or, um, like, designing, like, graphic design stuff. Because I can listen to something while I'm doing it. Um, and I, I just function that way better. I don't, I don't know. When I'm cleaning, I need to be listening to music or have TV on in the background. Like, I just function better when, even when I'm writing, I have to have music on or, or something. Like, I, I can't, I don't know, I get so stressed out when I don't have music or, like, some kind of background noise. So, yeah, I, like, don't love editing because of that reason. I really have to entirely focus. And for some reason, my brain just, like, doesn't love that. So that's part of, that's the main reason, I guess, I don't love video editing. But um, I do like filming. I do like recording. I do enjoy talking for a long time. So I'm, I'm really enjoying the podcast part of it and TikTok because TikToks are shorter. Um, so it's, like, a nice, like, balance because I talk for an hour once a week. And then I'm trying to make, like, short TikToks, every, like, a few times a week. So it's, like, a good balance of, like, both kind of creativity I'm not making any sense but I like I, I do find influencing really interesting and really fun and content creating or whatever obviously I'm not an influencer like I have 45 subscribers on YouTube and like two followers on TikTok like, I don't know I'm just doing this honestly to be creative and to have an outlet and I love having like little time capsules to look back on and I'm sure like in two years, I'll really enjoy listening to these early podcast episodes. Um, like, I love watching my YouTube videos from right when the pandemic started and I was moving around Kenyon's campus. Like, it's just wild to watch those for me. But, like, obviously right now I'm doing this for fun and to express myself and to have some creative outlet for this time when I'm not doing anything creative or anything. But, um... I do find it really interesting and really fascinating. And I think for people like me who love entertaining and love making people laugh and like, I don't know. I always said when I was younger, I want to be famous, but not because like I, like I want to be famous because like it would be so amazing to have a platform to then have like leave some kind of positive impact on people like I always wanted to when I was younger I was like I just want one person out there who I've never met personally to be like that girl changed my life or like something she said really impacted me like I just want to have a positive impact on people's lives and I feel like when you have a bigger platform you have the ability to do that to way more people and I, th I think that's really wonderful and that's why I've always wanted to be famous. Like, not because of, like, the money, like, none of that, it, or the status, or, like, anything like that. It's just, if I could have the ability to reach more people, I think that'd be really cool. Um, and that's why I try to make these podcasts, like, partially funny, partially, like, insightful. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just doing the best I can. And if I ever say anything 
that impacts you negatively or um, that bothers you, please let me know. Um, I'm trying to always educate, grow, learn, all of that. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm here trying to talk about everything and I might not always say the right thing and I might say something ignorant or say something offensively and I want to be told that I'm doing that so I can learn and grow and um be better so that is where I'm going to end this podcast I think I touched on most of this the weird random stuff that I wrote down um yeah timestamps will be down below please make sure to like subscribe follow me wherever you listen to podcasts um share this podcast with anybody you think would enjoy it um and by that I don't just mean this episode just any of my episodes um follow me on tiktok I post clips there from these podcasts highlights and stuff like that um I don't know I can't I can't think of anything else my next episode is going to be my 13th episode which is crazy and I will likely be filming it with my sister because I will be in New York um so why I say likely, like I'm going to be in New York, like that's set, but I don't know if she'll want to record with me. So anyways, not Brad will be in it. And Ivy, my cat, hopefully will make an appearance because I, I haven't been able to show her in any of these because I filmed them in my parents' basement and she stays on the top floor of my parents house because like my dogs are kind of like my parents dogs are kind of crazy um so I never bring her into the basement because anyways anyways um please make sure to like and subscribe all of that stay tuned for the next episode hopefully it'll have more of a cohesive thought um yeah thank you so much have a great week